0: So, twenty-four of the Analytics FC podcast. I'm Sam, joined as always by Tom Worville. and this week our guest is Jen Luke Costella. And Jen, we decided to have on after there a, a conversation that happened on Twitter a few weeks ago, which was basically: Is football like uh, like ice hockey, and if so, should we be using some of the same statistical tools and techniques that uh, people have used in ice hockey in football? So Jen works in ice hockey, and I think that's a good starting point. Can you introduce yourself and explain a little bit about how you got into this?
1: Sure. Well, I'm Jen. Hi. (laughs) And um, basically, I got into hockey stats and analytics and all that kind of stuff uh, through Twitter, which is really kind of hilarious, uh, because I was always a hockey fan. And then I started learning more about it over the past few years and kind of you know, jumped in with both feet. And now I'm the co-founder of a consulting firm um, called LCG Analytics that works in hockey.
2: And how do you go from studying law to having your own consultancy (laughs) firm?
1: (laughs) Yeah, kind of weird. I was a trial lawyer. There are a lot of sports analysts Uh, particularly when it comes to like stats and stuff that have a background in law. And I think maybe it's because um, we have like really analytically critical thinking brains because, you know, you get like, brainwashed in law school to be critical of every single thing you see uh, and kind of see, you know, every angle you could take at it and find all the layers to it and find, you know, s- find the missing pieces of the puzzle. And so I think it's just kind of a really translatable skill that goes into then, um, you know, applying all of this stuff to sports.
0: Now, obviously, your background is in hockey, and that's your focus. But I noticed that when Arsenal is playing on, I guess it'll be mornings for you, you start reading, yeah. and you obviously watch a uh, football as well. So I'm curious how far along you think hockey analytics is compared to the football side, or if you have any sort of idea of how these two things compare just from a base level.
1: I think at least on the base level, I think hockey's had a little more in terms of like counting statistics, uh, for a longer time than, than football has. Um, you know, other aside from just like goals and everything, uh, you know, there were some kind of rudimentary starts like plus minus and things like that and save percentage and shooting percentage that um, that I think hockey is maybe used a little longer than than football has. But I think that football's taken some big strides forward in the past five or six years that I think are, are very similar to what hockey is doing as well. Because, you know, the hockey kind of advanced stats or whatever you want to call them aren't aren't overwhelmingly accepted at this point. They're still like going through the struggle that baseball went through a million years ago. Uh, and I think that football is going through as well.
2: So just for our listeners who probably aren't that read up on sort of hockey analytics, can you give us like the background or like the big stories of like teams who have seemed quite analytically sort of based or, or you know, sort of the big themes currently in the sports?
1: Sure. Um, well, one of the big things that I think, uh, is translatable also to football is that there's a lot of, um, a lot of the stats that we're working with in hockey right now have to deal with shot attempts, but, uh, but in hockey, there's a lot more of them <laughs> than there are in football. Uh, just because, you know, the surface is smaller, the guys are on skates, so they can get from one end to the other a lot faster. And a lot of times, um, you know, you have a lot more of a flurry of activity, partially because you have, you know, instead of just a few substitutions, you have guys jumping over the boards and line changes all the time and things like that. So it's just a faster pace, um, but, but still a very similar sport. And uh, so a lot of the shot attempt stats have, you know, kind of come into vogue. We're now um, looking a lot into expected goals, which I think that football is doing as well. Uh, because, you know, there's some obvious differences because we have a lot bigger sample size, uh, in what we can do with those. But I think those are all kind of things that are kind of mirroring each other as we go forward. But, you know, there's also a lot of manual tracking in hockey that's been going on and a lot of programs being developed to kind of take what we're seeing on the screen and have a computer track a lot of it with some, you know, human interface and input and stuff like that how are we getting the puck into the zone how are we getting the puck out of the defensive zone things like that that i think are also pretty translatable into football as well
0: i guess this is sort of a broader conceptual question but when you're watching the sports do they look similar to you because i mean i from my experience i grew up watching both sports and i never really put two and two together that they were that similar sports until i started getting into uh, the analytics side of things and all these people who are doing football analytics said, Oh, well this, they're sort of, I think they called team invasion sports. You try and score on mm-hmm. a goal. They have all these similarities, but I don't, to you, do they look similar when you're watching them or is there still enough differences that it's difficult to sort of wrap your head around?
1: No, I think, I mean, obvious, there are obvious differences, but I think that, um, you know, if you just shrink the pitch, and put it on fast forward that's hockey <laughs> i mean it's 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 really similar um you know, and you still have you know the pitch broken into two halves, and so does hockey but um but really, you're looking at three zones you know you've got like the defensive zone the the you're basically a transition zone and an attacking zone. And, and hockey is the exact same thing. Um, so I think the fluidity of it uh, is really similar because, you know, you're basically looking at how can I get the ball or the puck from my defensive zone into my attacking zone quickly before the defense can set up? How can I, you know, take advantage of this rush? Because obviously, you know, if things are in chaos, it's a lot easier to score than it is when, you know, everybody's set up in their formations and you're having to find passing lanes and, you know, take advantage of of defensive mix ups and things like that.
2: Talking about sort of the stats in particular, one of them which uh, in hockey is called Corsi, um, which Mm -hmm. is also called TSR, total shots ratio in football. Um, So in hockey, that's used as a proxy for puck possession, um, whereas in football, we have a completely different stat for possession, which is just possession percentage or something similar like that, which is unrelated to shots. Why do you think these two, and it probably comes back again to sort of the differences in the sports being the size of the sort of the rink of the pitch, but why mm-hmm. is one sort of seen for shots and one do you think seen for possession?
1: I, I think because, you know, it all become all these stats come down to what we can use to predict future goals. I mean, because goals ultimately predict success. Cause if I'm scoring way more goals than you, I'm beating you. <laughs> um, so All of it comes down to predictive value. And and what we've had until the recent developments in expected goals, what we've had with Corsi in hockey is just it's all the shot attempts. It doesn't matter if they miss the net, if they get blocked, or if the goalie actually has to make a save. It gives you an idea of offensive pressure, of how often you have the puck compared to your opponent. um, Because we also, you know, look at shot attempts against your team. And so you can look at the percentages and rate stats and things like that. But for hockey, until we got expected goals, this Corsi um, and Fenwick, which is just all those shot attempts without the blocked shots. Um, we're really good at predicting future goals. And so that was kind of a way of saying, Hey, we can kind of predict which teams are going to be better than others because, you know, we, we have these metrics and, I think the similar situation um, happens in football as well, because you want to predict what's who's going to score more. Uh, you know, it's great to have descriptive stats, which I think possession percentage in football probably is, is a good um, descriptive, you know, measure. I can, I can tune in at halftime, you know, of a game and, or of a match and say, okay, Arsenal's had 65% of the possession in the first half and have a pretty good idea of, of probably what the game looked like. But it may not tell me anything about what the score looks like. Uh, and the same thing with hockey. So I think it's predictive versus descriptive stats and how um, in hockey, because we have the smaller, you know, smaller playing surface and way more shots just because the game is so fast, um, Corsi did a good job of that until, you know, these recent developments and expected goals, because expected goals is actually coming out to be a little better, a lot better, actually, at predicting the future goals.
0: As you mentioned there, I mean, in football, a team can have lots of possession. And it doesn't mean a whole lot if you're not creating chances and creating good quality chances. And actually, I think in MLS one year, there was a slight negative relationship, actually, between possession and uh, points or goal scoring at the end of the year. And I'm curious in hockey, is that a thing that I mean because you're using Corsi as a proxy for puck possession or at least people often refer to it as a proxy for puck possession mm-hmm. if you have a team that's just cycling the puck again and again and isn't doing anything with it will that sort of be is that something that happens a lot in in hockey or do most of these teams that have a lot of the puck generate shots or are there teams that have the puck and just don't generate shots from them
1: you know there are a couple of teams that um That we found, like when we've sat down and just timed their possession, uh, we've found that they have the puck a lot, but they don't generate that many shots from it. Uh, Like the Colorado Avalanche, uh, they do a lot of passing per shot they take. So if you look like a passes to shot ratio, um, there would be, you know, let's say 10 passes for every one shot, whereas a team like the Chicago Blackhawks, which generates a ton of shots, Um, would have like two passes for every shot or three passes for every shot. So um, there's definitely a difference in time of possession and actual shot generation. Uh, But to get back to your point about quality, you know, that's, that's been kind of like this unicorn in hockey of, of how do we measure shot quality? And I think, I think football has done a great job with trying to um, put values on shot quality because there are so few of them. And because the game is, I think a little bit easier to um, see the angles and get an idea of how these plays are set up, the passes that are being used in order to set up the plays um, just because it goes a little more slowly than hockey does. And I know all like these expected goals models that are coming out now are really using a lot of shot quality um, information in both hockey and football. So I think there's definitely something to it Uh, you know, shooting from the blue line in hockey, which would be like shooting, you know, from the very, very edge of your attacking zone in football uh, is not going to be as good of a shot as, you know, somebody who's right in front of the goal mouth. So I, I think that's kind of a big deal and something that everybody's working really hard to, be able to put numbers on because it is kind of tough to do.
2: Now, one of the sort of big stumbling blocks, well, sort of stumbling blocks, one of the big problems with analytics and football currently is just how the hell do we measure defense and how the hell do we, uh, you know, properly solve this and and use analytics effectively when measuring and looking at defense. Um, Has this been done well or done, you know, well at all in hockey?
1: You know, I think we've done a pretty good job with, uh narrowing down some of the things that that are indicators of good defense like um shot suppression in hockey because you know again so many shots <laughs> uh that we can kind of see which players are on the ice for way less shots against but you know hey he's on the ice for all, this many minutes you know maybe he's your your biggest time eater for the defense um and and yet you know, the, the lowest rate of shots against are when this guy's on the ice. And so we, we've kind of done a good job with that. And with tracking um, zone entries and zone exits, zone entries in hockey is basically when you're bringing the puck over the blue line into your offensive zone, kind of ready, getting ready to press the attack. Um, We see who's being targeted, you know, which defenseman is responsible for trying to stop that zone entry and some guys are really, really good at it, you know, and then they create some chaos in the neutral zone and, and their teammates are able to to recover the puck and take it the other way. All of this kind of stuff ends up going into like shot suppression and a bunch of different metrics we can look at to kind of get an idea of which defenders are really doing a good job of, of their defensive responsibilities. I think in football, it may be a lot tougher because you have a so many more players on the pitch at any given time. And B, it may not always be, you know, just defensive players who are kind of on the ball defending at that point. Um, In hockey, you have forwards who are helping out with that as well, but it's, you know, it's really the defenseman's responsibility. And I think that might be a little tougher to do with just so, so many players on the pitch at the same time in football.
0: Something you sort of hinted at there with the fact that there are so many players and they're on the pitch for pretty much the whole game except for your three mm-hmm. substitutes. Whereas in hockey you have shifts and players are on and off the ice every sixty right. seconds or so. Do you find it easier to work with um with or without use kind of stats and things where you can uh, look at how a player does when they're on the ice versus not on the ice in hockey? Like is that something that's done a lot because it's something that is kind of controversial in football just because the players that you're with are often the players you're with every single game week after week. So I'm curious if you've had any success working with that in hockey.
1: Yeah, I think, I think it is a lot easier to do in hockey because you have a good base of comparison uh, for, for each of the guys, whether you're looking at defensemen or forwards um, because there is so much time during the game when they're not on the ice. You know, even if your biggest, say your biggest minute eating defenseman plays 27 minutes a game, Um, you've still got, you know, (laughs) the entire rest of the game that that he wasn't on the ice and you can look at how the other players did. And I think that's probably a very difficult thing to do in football, because you may have a guy who comes on and plays five minutes of regulation and another, you know, four minutes or something of overage time. Um, And it's very difficult with that really small uh, amount of time. He may not even get that many touches on the ball during that time. So it's hard to compare those things. I think it would be almost easier to compare between teams than, you know, of saying, all right, well, you know, this guy on this team, you know, puts up these kind of numbers and this guy on this team puts on these kind. but it's really difficult to compare between, you know, players on the same team then.
2: Sort of hockey analytics in general, are there any sort of stats that potentially like you have, I uh, say Corsi and TSR, we have both in football and hockey. Are there any that we have just in hockey that haven't really translated across to football yet? And this is like public uh, hockey analytics.
1: Hmm. I'm trying to think. I mean, obviously, I'm not as well versed in football analytics as I am in hockey, but, um, huh. Probably the, you know, the tracking based statistics with the entry, the zone entries and the exits is, um, is probably a pretty decent, uh, one that, that I don't think has, has really made, you know, its way over at least publicly that I know of. Um, I don't know. Do you guys know of any, you probably are better at this question than I am because I just, I guess yeah. I don't have enough depths of knowledge to, to answer that very well.
0: I think I would probably have the exact opposite lack of knowledge of what's going on in
1: hockey. Right. <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> it's funny because I, I mean, I grew up watching hockey, right? And then um, I sort of lost interest in it as I got older. Sorry. And then.
1: That's okay.
0: <laughs> and then when I started getting into analytics, I realized, oh, well, we've stolen so much of this from hockey. And I started watching more and more hockey. So my hockey knowledge is limited especially as a Canadian, it should definitely be better than it is.
1: Oh, you shameful, <laughs> shameful. Give your passport back. How dare you? <laughs> no, but you know, I think a lot of it is um, there, you know, there's so, the great thing is there are so many creative people who love sports. And as long as they have some spare time to put into these types of things, we're always learning new things and we're always trying new things and trying to figure out different ways to, Um, you know, figure these things out. And so I think it's really neat because, you know, sports is something that that lots of people love and becomes a passion for them. And then they apply all these great skills they have, you know, for the rest of their life into it. And innovation just keeps pushing forward and forward. So I I think it's really terrific.
0: So speaking of sort of using the uh, the advantages of having a big group of people who are smart and buying into this. You had an interesting project a while back where you got people to crowdsource the tracking games, essentially. And I know that there's, um, there's one Twitter account, WOSO Stats, which does it for women's soccer games, recently started doing it. And I'm curious, what, what was sort of the motivation to start doing this, and what kind of community buy-in did you get when you did this crowdsourcing of tracking games?
1: Well, one of the things that I wanted to do, um, I was looking at a bunch of stats that newer things that some really, really smart mathematicians and statisticians were coming up with in hockey and thinking, gosh, when I look at these, it so didn't match what I was seeing on the ice Um, with players I was really and teams I was really familiar with. And I was thinking, how is it possible that this player who I know to be like this offensive juggernaut, you know, has such terrible um, like shot generation metrics. And, and you know, they were basically trying to, a lot of these things were trying to like strip away team effects and see what, you know, what the player's true measure was. And and I was thinking, gosh, this just doesn't seem to match up. What am I missing? You know, what am I not seeing? So I decided to do a tracking project where I would pick, I think I ended up with like 73 players Um, all forwards because I needed people who, you know, scored a lot, basically. Um, And I wanted to see if I could find ways to track what their skill sets were. Like, is this guy really good at like one timing the puck in because he's good at finding gaps in coverage that he can, you know, exploit where he just shows up in the right spot and taps it in? Or is this guy really great at, uh, at, you know, setting up plays? Or is this guy great because... He's super fast and he has great hands. So, you know, once he creates a turnover, he's just gone and he's going to score on the rush. So I kind of came up with a bunch of different ideas of of different things that we could measure about the player's performance uh, that may or may not. I didn't know at the time. I was just kind of making it up and trying to you know do an experiment to see if that would give me any sort of indication with that. And so um, I wanted to take three seasons of worth of data of – goals and assists because those are times when you know they've been successful Um, despite the fact that we all know sometimes these things are just like really luck or you know something plays into it and I asked um, basically just asked on Twitter like hey if I give you the spreadsheet and I tell you exactly what I want you to do would you be willing to take you know go and and track this one player's goals for the past three seasons According to this spreadsheet. And, um, you know, it had stopwatches and all sorts of stuff. And I got I did just the initial response to it of people saying, yes, I'd love to help was over 130 people that said they would do it. Um, and then once, you know, they kind of realized like it was going to take like 10 hours <laughs> to do, um, then I ended up with uh, just under 100 people that actually took part in the project and tracked a bunch of players. Uh, and then I went back through and, you know, double checked a million things and all of this stuff. And we were able to put together this just giant data set set then and kind of see what works and what didn't. And it was just it was amazing. I, I couldn't believe that many people were like, yeah, I'll totally do it.
2: <laughs> kind of shocked how many <clears throat> people you got there. less than 100. How many is it like 80, 90?
1: No, it was like 93, I think, people that ended up, you know, putting in some of them put in like 10 hours. Some people put in like 50 hours. I had some people who were like, hey, I'll take assists on, you know, these six players and hammered them out, you know, over a week's vacation or something. I mean, like, seriously, people use like vacation from work to (laughs) help work on this project. I, I was so flattered and so kind of astounded that so many people were interested in it. And, and another really cool thing is that um, just over half of the volunteers on it were women, which I was like, what? This is awesome. I mean, it was just, it was really cool. It was a it's a neat, neat um, project, not only because of the results, but because of just, like, the teamwork that everybody put in to get it done.
2: <clears throat> I mean, that leads quite neatly the the part about sort of women and the involvement where we have, like, you know, people who – you know, generally, you wouldn't think are interested be, suddenly become active within sports analytics, Sam. I think that it's a good time to bring this question in. There was a um, sort of a, d- a debate on Twitter last, I think Tuesday, about how do we increase involvement. It was about football analytics, but you know, potentially in all <laughs> analytics of people like, you know, of, of women and of people of like minorities who wouldn't usually get these opportunities. And it seems potentially that, mm-hmm. you know, a public uh, project is something that definitely. Uh, you know, asks more people and gets more people involved.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think, I mean, I think just as a sports fan in general, um, I've always been like a mega sports fan since I was a little kid. And, and so, you know, I've always had to deal with like the gatekeepers who were like, well, Two clubs, you know, or whatever, like if I say I like baseball or something. And, you know, there's always people who are going to make you show your fan card and, like, prove that you're, you know, allowed to be there. And that's really crummy for many reasons, obviously. Um, but I think, you know, especially in North America, hockey is kind of a niche sport. Uh, it's not one of the big guys, you know, it's not the, like with this huge, you know, it's not football or, like, as in American football. <laughs> um, and so, you know, people are kind of like, oh, you're a bandwagon fan or whatever. And and I think that all that stuff's garbage. It, it really annoys me. Uh, so I think helping to get rid of some of that gatekeeping, being willing to help other people learn about a sport that you love. I mean, why wouldn't you want more people to share it with you? And so I think that's one of the things that that project really, um, really hammered home for me that. You know there were there was so much interest in it, and there were people there were women and men involved in the project who had only been watching hockey for a few years. Uh, they were newer fans, but they thought this was really cool and that it would be a neat way for them to learn more about the game that they had you know so re- recently fell in, fell in love with. Uh, so I think. You know, the, the public projects, just being open to answering questions from newer fans is so important, uh, particularly, you know, fans that may get given a hard time about, you know, take your pink jersey home or whatever, blah, blah. Uh, so I think it's pretty neat. You know, I mean, I know there's not a lot of women doing um, football analytics. There's not a lot doing hockey either. I think I can count... Probably on one hand, how many people outside of myself are women who are doing kind of like the tracking work or doing any sort of like the high math, uh, statistical based work. But we have seen a pretty big increase in um, women who cover hockey, whether it's for a website or a news outlet or whatever, who are integrating some of the more um, well-known stats like Corsi and things like that into their game stories into their player evaluations and stuff.
0: And on the topic of sort of just making, um, making this more accessible and more easy to access for people, regardless of whether or not they're into analytics themselves, you um, started this hockey or are starting this hockey 101 project. Can you talk a little bit about that and how you're going to work that in with your current work in analytics?
1: Yeah, it's going to be super fun. I'm so excited about it. It's basically going to be like short videos, um, that will explain the basics of the game, you know, just kind of help new fans, like get a handle on, on this sport. You know, if you grow up watching baseball, hockey doesn't always translate very well into the same language. Um, it's really different and it can be really chaotic because you're like, what's even going on? Like, why are those guys jumping over the boards? What's happening? What's icing? I don't understand. Um, And so I basically just asked uh, out on Twitter, I said, hey, you know, if there were things that it took you a while to get when you were first becoming a hockey fan or questions you get asked a lot, or if you have questions because you just don't know what this means or you want to understand it better, let me know. And I'll, you know, kind of work all these things into the videos. And, And the response has been overwhelming so far. It's been terrific. People have great questions. They've got, you know, even people... I got an email from a guy who's been watching hockey for like 10 years and he's like, you know, I think I know what a gap is, but I'm not exactly sure. And I'm not exactly sure how you're supposed to control it. Can you go over that? You know, it's not just brand new fans. It's, it's everyone. You just want to kind of understand the game a little better, but maybe you were kind of embarrassed to ask the question before because, you know, you don't want to like ruin your cred with all your buddies or whatever. But, um, But, you know, I think it'll be a fun thing. And and the nice thing is that when I started talking about it, I've had a couple of former players reach out and say, hey, if you need help, you know, like a demonstration or something or somebody to kind of explain it from a player's perspective, I'd love to help. I've had um, guys from the Department of Player Safety say, hey, if you need any, you know need any help on what we're looking for when they're calling penalties or that kind of stuff. We're happy to help. So it's been really cool. I'm really excited about it because I think it'll just be really fun and a fun way to kind of share the game and, and make everyone feel more comfortable with it and understand it more.
2: Have you got plans for a first video then? Like what it's going to be about?
1: I think the very first one is just going to be super, super simple. Like how many players do you have on the ice? Who, Who does what? What are their positions? Where are they supposed to go and do what zones are there? You know, that kind of thing, like just really, really basic. And, um, you know, how to who gets into the playoffs and what do you win if you do? You know, that kind of thing, because even the playoff point system can be really like what (laughs) what's a regulation or overtime win? I don't don't, what are you talking about and why don't the other things count? Um, So it'll be like really basic and each one will kind of build off the last one and you know eventually we'll get into like explaining different stats and you know all sorts of stuff and different systems breakdowns like you know what does man to man coverage look like in hockey what does the two three look like in hockey you know compared to what you see in in a lot of other sports like you know like basketball like zone defense versus man to man defense things like that
0: no another reason we wanted to have you on is um what you've done in turning your hobby essentially into a consultancy is sort of something we're in the process of doing right now. And we turned Analytics FC into a consultancy back in November. So I'm curious.
1: That's awesome. Congrats. Thanks.
0: (laughs) So I'm curious how it's gone so far and what specifically have you been doing with the consultancy?
1: Well, I can't get into too many specifics because confidentiality agreements and all. Um, But it's been amazingly eye-opening, uh, um, you know, just to kind of see how the inner workings go and and what people really do know uh, and what they really um, aren't sure about and what they're, you know, what teams are doing and what the directions they're heading. I mean, basically every team is heading in the direction of give me more info, uh, give me more information and tell me what the hell this means and how do I use it? Because I think that's the thing that, often gets lost uh, with analytics in any sport. You can have millions and millions of pounds of data. Uh, and unless you can tell a coach or a team what this means to them and ways, like practical ways that it's going to change performance, either on the pitch or on the ice, it doesn't matter. It's not going to do them any good if, if they can't have it translated into the terms, you know, that you use in that particular sport. Um, so i 've kind of like jokingly said in in discussions with coaches and stuff before like I, i'm i'm not a mathematician um, nor am I a hockey coach i 'm a translator. <laughs> I take this stuff that that is over here that this really smart math people did, and I translate it into hockey terms and into how it can affect performance on the ice, and how I think here are these ideas of how you can change that or how you can make it better. Or make your players more successful and and that's really the valuable skill there because i mean even the worst hockey coach in the world still knows more about hockey than most of us do (laughs) you know what i mean like they're they're still pretty darn good and they know a whole lot about hockey um but maybe they don't know how this stuff can help them and you know so if you put it into like practical terms um I think the other thing I learned of it is just like the massive amount of infrastructure <laughs> that goes into stuff like this is just, you know, it's like, wow, can't you just call me and like send me this stuff and I can call you back? Or <laughs> like, why do we have to have all this infrastructure? But you know, that's mainly because I'm like the the substantive uh, member of the group, as opposed to the formality member of the group.
2: <laughs> and are you enjoying it?
1: I love it. It's great. Um, You know, I have little kids. Uh, They're, well, soon to be 11 and soon to be nine uh, boys. And so it affords me a lot of time to be able to, you know, take care of them and go to their basketball games and do fun stuff with them and yet still be able to feel like a productive member of society outside of uh, my family and, you know, challenge my brain to do new stuff and have these fun and interesting adventures. Uh, and then, you know, when they're a little older, maybe I'll uh, shift my focus to, to something a little more, you know, one team intensive <laughs> type of uh, project, but, but it's really, it's really fun. It's really neat. And um, I, have loved it. And being able to talk to you know, people who have this just amazing knowledge of the sport at all times has been fantastic.
0: And how do you go from being someone who just writes about numbers on the internet to someone who clubs or teams are trusting and they're listening to and have this sort of, I guess, valuable, some value to offer them these teams? How do you build up that credibility?
1: (laughs) Uh, Beats the hell out of me. I mean, I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. Um, You know, I think some of it is just circumstance that you're in the right place at the right time and the right person notices something that you've done. Um, I think on the other hand i I, I took a lot of time to try and like push the envelope of um, what we were doing in kind of the hockey analytics community, if they're like if you can really call it that. Uh, you know, I saw a lot of the public work being done, but I was thinking, how does this help on the ice? like how did do- How is a coach going to take this and go, oh, so-and-so has, you know, a 57% Corsi for percentage. This means I should play him in this area of the ice with these other players. And I was like, it really doesn't. It just kind of tells you, like, hey, he's probably pretty decent at getting some shot generation going. Um, So I started kind of trying to push the envelope with – how different things we could track and different ways we could apply the numbers that were being done by all these super smart mathematicians to actual performance on the ice, and um, I, I'm the—I guess I'm like the type of person I'm a little obsessive about things. I know it's shocking, but uh, you know, I want to learn everything I can, and I want to like consume it and master it, and so I started like reading up on everything I could about systems and listening to everything and watching so many thousands of hours of hockey. It's not even funny. uh, And kind of like breaking it down in my head or on my, uh, on a notepad or something as it was going along, just to figure out ways to get proficient in that translation from math to ice. Um, And I had some nice people along the way who, you know, taught me things and, former players who were totally willing to answer my questions when I said, what does your coach tell you when you're, you're supposed to do in this situation? You know, because I didn't grow up playing hockey. Um, so I had to learn all that stuff. And so I think just learning, consuming and knowing everything you possibly can, not being a know it all, but knowing everything you can, and then going, how can I make this better? Or how can I learn more? How can I, you know, explore this even more, uh, is, the biggest key to it. And all of that requires a lot of time, obviously.
2: I think if you ever get around to writing a book, you should definitely call it from math to ice.
1: From math to ice.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I jokingly said like, uh, that my hockey manifesto was going to be called everything is offense. Like in like the, the Lego movie <laughs> thing, like everything is offense, <laughs> you know, and just, um, like go that way. Cause we, you know, we have like this big myth about, uh, about that everything is either offense or defense, when in fact in, in hockey it's so fluid and so complex that it's all related. It all kind of works together as being the same thing. So, um, yeah, that's my my Lego-themed. I can probably have my kids, like, put together little Lego guys and, like, act out some of the stuff or whatever, like <laughs> – Maybe that's a good idea for Hockey 101, have little Lego dudes, like, this is what a man-to-man defense looks like in hockey, you know, and just have Lego dudes do it. That, that
2: actually could work. That could be quite good. It could. I mean,
1: I would totally watch something like that. I don't know about anyone else, but I would.
2: Just don't record that song, because that will just drive everyone
0: to close. You're
1: right, yeah. Well, <laughs> I'll stay away from that. We'll put some other music on top of it or something.
0: So just as a final sort of wrap-up question, has hockey analytics moved faster or slower than, than you thought it would initially when you got into this field?
1: You know, I think um, the adoption of it in maybe the mainstream media has gone a little slower than I think it should. Um, but I think that's kind of to be expected just because people have to learn a lot of new stuff to do this, but it actually doesn't make you learn like you don't have to learn math or like statistical theories and stuff like that. You just have to learn some new names and kind of what it means. Uh, so that's always a barrier, I think, for for adopting new things is is just uh, I have to put in effort to learn this stuff, you know. Um, but it's going, I think, it's going relatively quickly, particularly since there's been a lot of overlap between Um, you know, the guys who are doing like sabermetrics and stuff in baseball, uh, kind of also liking hockey. It's like an easier overlap. Um, I think teams are, are, are getting on board with it. Um, some of them maybe not as publicly as, as their fans would like, (laughs) as some of their fans would like, um. But I think it's, you know, it's going along. I, I, think, I think this is a big period of um, maybe not in its infancy, but maybe in like its toddler years in, in hockey. And I think the teams that recognize and have found people who can help them make this a real competitive advantage for them are really putting their foot on the gas to take advantage of that now. Um, because, you know, we've got millions and millions and millions of dollars wrapped up in all of these these players and salaries and everything you got to make it it worth it. Uh you got to put butts in the seats and and that's how you make money. So and winning does that, like it or not. Winning makes people want to go cuz it's way more fun. <laughs> um so I think it's coming along. I think I think there're definitely teams who are leaps and bounds ahead of others, uh but I think that everybody's taking some strides forward in it.
2: Uh, I think that's quite a nice note to finish on. Anything you'd like to plug, Jen, before we uh, wrap up?
1: I don't think so. I think we kind of hit all of my fun stuff that's going on, like the Hockey 101 and all of that. So I I just really appreciate you guys having me on because this is super fun. And I love learning about, you know, all the football analytics from your various feeds and, you know, stories and stuff that you write because it's really awesome. It's so much more fun to watch with that kind of in mind too. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate that.
2: Uh, Sam, I know you've got a couple of things to plug.
0: Yeah, so firstly, um, Ben Torbeni, who people will know from, he's been on the show a couple times, uh, he and I will be talking at the Football and Data event coming up on March 12th, I believe. Yes, March, or sorry, March 14th, Monday, March 14th. Uh, It's in London. We'll be talking about the case for each of the three teams left in the title race, their case for the title so Arsenal's still in there, Jen, don't worry. They, they almost <laughs> fell out, but they're still in there.
1: <laughs> and We um, hurt palpitations, I swear.
0: <laughs> and any uh, Analytics FC listeners can get in for free. Just when you're buying your ticket, use the code ANALYTICSFC. That's all one word, all caps, and you'll get your tickets for free. And um, Awesome. Another thing I want to plug is Unusual Efforts, which is a new football site written – well, it hasn't opened yet, but they're starting a – football site magazine and i think youtube channel eventually and it's entirely written and edited by women and they have a uh i think it's a kickstarter or an indiegogo going on right now so we'll put a link to that in the show notes and um yeah go it's a good it's by Mizio who's very smart and she's working with someone from serbia as well in this so i encourage all our listeners to go and um support them and finally we have um Richard Whittle, who was on the show, he was our very first ever guest, has just started a new site, Front Office Report, which is going to be looking at analytics and general football business stuff. So he's very smart, and you should all go and read his stuff as well. So lots of good stuff to read, and hopefully come out and say hi to us at the Football and Data event. Cool. Thanks
2: for those, Sam. Uh, I think that's everything. Thanks for joining us, Jen. It's been really fun. Hopefully we get to uh, have you on again in the future.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. It was a treat.